the fight between the New York Times and OpenAI is heating up with the New York Times asking OpenAI to delete ChatGPT and any other AI models, completely scrap them and rebuild them if they have any training data from the New York Times in them. And we know that they do have training data from the New York Times in them. So essentially, they're asking to nuke all of OpenAI's um, you know, text-based models and retrain them. Today on the podcast, we're going to be diving into everything that's happening with this lawsuit, what the advancements are, and where it looks like this is going in the future, um, because this is actually not just a lawsuit between the New York Times and OpenAI, but also Microsoft, asking them to pay for training data with billions in damages. So we're going to talk about their allegations and everything else going on this. Let's get into the episode. Today's episode is sponsored by AI Box, my very own AI no-code um, app builder and marketplace. If you're interested in investing in a new AI startup, I have a link in the description. We just launched our crowdfunding campaign and raised over $290,000 there. You can go check it out, but let's get into the episode. We gonna bring it to you just like that. Welcome everyone to the future's AI chat, bringing you the interviews and giving you info to be in the know. Tech company CEOs of rock with us, bet you gonna come back. I'm just saying the facts. This is AI chat. Let's go. So the big headline here, of course, is that the New York Times is suing OpenAI and Microsoft for copyright infringement. So essentially, the lawsuit says that the Times' articles were used to train AI models like ChatGPT and also Microsoft's Copilot, and that they did this all without consent, right? They didn't ask the New York Times if they could. They just scraped the internet that happened to be in the corpus of data, and then they trained it. Now, I think the it's, it's pretty obvious what the implications of this could be, right? If the New York Times can sue them and... Um, you know, get monetary damages and make them retrain the whole uh, the whole models because their data was in there. Well, anyone can do that. Any newspaper, any website, any blog, any YouTuber for that matter, right? Like really anyone can do that. So I think this would open a whole can of worms. So it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes. But essentially, the New York Times is demanding that they completely destroy any models um, that had training data with its content, and they're asking for billions in damages. So they're saying this is because of reputational damages and all sorts of um, other re- other reasons. But what's interesting is their complaint specifically argues that if news organizations can't protect their work, it leads to a, soci- a societal cost with less journalism. So it's kind of interesting because part of it is kind of like, well, if ChatGPT exists, people ask ChatGPT questions, and then it's going to be able to like give facts from you know maybe past stories that they covered, and then people aren't going to their websites, and then they're not getting money, so they're going to have to fire their journalists, and if they fire their journalists, it's you know bad for the world. So it's kind of uh, interesting. That one feels like a little bit more of a stretch to me. Why you could get damages for that? I get the whole like their content embedded in there. I see how they can like make a claim there. I'm not saying whether it should or shouldn't happen. I, I mean that's just a little bit more understandable. In any case, obviously, generative AI models, they use like ChatGPT, right? And all of them, they're using web scrape data for training. And some of that cannot be, you know, in the public domain under restrictive licenses, right? So sometimes they are, are grabbing stuff that they're not supposed to. What's tricky for me is it feels like the genie is kind of out of the bottle at this point, And I don't think we're putting the genie back. This is my own opinion. Um, obviously, if the New York Times win this lot, wins this lawsuit, this is going to just change everything because... Every AI model, essentially, uh, if they don't want to get sued for billions, is going to have to completely change the way they're going to—they're doing everything. They can't scrape the internet. They have to get licensing for every piece of data that goes in there. So I think the quality will dramatically drop. What's interesting to me, is, and my big question is, um, in a in a scenario like this, let's say that they're kind of like forcing ChatGPT to, uh, you know, let's say they forced 
OpenAI to nuke ChatGPT and, and rebuild it with only licensed content, well, obviously that'd take some time. It'd take a lot of resources. They'd, it'd cost a lot of money. They wouldn't be able to get such a big corpus of uh, data, et cetera, et cetera. Google would be a big winner in this case. Um, not saying, that, uh, maybe not because maybe they get nuked too, but there's like the whole question as well with Google, like doing their featured snippets, which was controversial a long time ago. Um, which I think would come back in to play. Now, the real winner in this, I feel like, could be the open source models. Because at the end of the day, if you have an open source model running on your computer, people can, you know, be as upset and angry as they want. The New York Times can be as upset and angry as they want. But at the end of the day, I have the, the model on my computer. And if they make everyone destroy their models and retrain everything, well, too bad. I still have the, the you know, the current models on my computer. So something like Mistral, that just came out, which is, you know, some people are saying it's comparable to ChatGPT, but it's open source. Like, even if they went to Mistral and said in your next version, you can't train it on all this stuff, yada, yada, which I'm not sure how open source plays into this. But even if they were to like, you know, go get mad at Mistral, well, too late. They, they already have this model out and people have it and it's open source. Um, so I think uh, it's I don't think the genie is going back in the bottle. Um, and I don't think we're we're going back to like, oh, well, that was a fun experiment for a year with ChatGPT. Now just all AI models are kind of suck again and they don't work. It's kind of like we're going back to Siri or something. I don't think that's going to happen. I think one way or another, like people would just make bootlegged versions or they just, you know, would release them anonymously, open source. Um, or, you know, some anonymous hacker group would release an open source model that anyone can use and fork and do whatever they want with. And then OpenAI would say, well, we're using this anonymous source and we don't know what the training data is and, you know, whatever. I don't know. So I don't think it gets reversed, but that's just my opinion. What I will say in today's lawsuit and situation, where this is a time where a bunch of news organizations are all using like code to block AI companies from scraping their websites. And honestly, that's totally their, their deal. The thing is, I think the news organizations specifically potentially could be overvalued. Maybe not they're overvaluing. Maybe maybe it's good that they're doing that because they're, they're forcing people to pay. But like we do see OpenAI just made a deal with like the owners of business insiders uh, and like a bunch of other news organizations to essentially, um, you know, license their, their, all their news to get added into chat GPT. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe that's, maybe that's the goal at the end of the day is just to be compensated. It seems like they're doing those kind of compensation. Um, so it seems like they would just probably when they're training GPT five, they'll pull like any references to the New York times out and probably a bunch of other journals. And then they're just going to use their license, their license to, some of like whoever they have licenses to and put it in there. So I think OpenAI already found a solution to all of this. But the question is like, how will this play out in the meantime while they get G uh, GPT-5 out? Are they going to, you know, force them to shut everything down now? Are they going to force them to pay billions of dollars? The legal action is part of a broader trend. So um, there's some similar lawsuits from Sarah, Sarah Silverman, authors like Jonathan Fanzen, John Grisham, and also programmers against AI vendors. So the New York Times, I think, is the largest publisher to sue over IP violations and also to kind of highlight issues like hallucinations or false fact checks generated by AI. And I think that their lawsuit in particular um, cites a case where Microsoft's Bing chat or Copilot, um, it gave some incorrect information and then it attributed it to the New York Times. And so, you know, for them, they're like, hey, you can't obviously give false info and attribute it to us, yada, yada. So... I'm not sure that that's not something that could be fixed with software. I mean, I know that's a big challenge, but like, I feel like that's just something we, we figure out eventually. Um, the hallucinations are going to become smaller, in my opinion. 
Um, but so I, I think that's that issue is probably going to become less and less relevant. But it nevertheless is a big one that they're kind of running on with this. So the New York Times is also arguing that OpenAI and Microsoft are creating competitors using their content um, to bypass subscription paywalls and not citing or monetizing uh, their work properly. This, I personally feel like, is a bit of a stretch. I get the whole use of their content, and they don't want to be included in the trading data set. And so you should get a license, and OpenAI is already getting licenses to other news places. So I think that makes sense. Um, so, and I think the reason why the, the New York Times is arguing that OpenAI and, Ch and Microsoft are becoming competitors to them is because if they're like stealing their stuff and becoming a competitor, I think that you can get a lot more in damages um, I, because they can essentially say you are, you know, costing that by becoming a competitor, you're costing us billions of dollars and you did it with content you stole from us. So um, while OpenAI probably isn't making billions of dollars from the responses that have anything to do with the New York Times, right? So it's not like OpenAI, it's like worth the billions for them, but the New York Times is trying to claim that it's costing them billions of dollars because billions of, I don't know, you know, advertising dollars worth of eyeballs and clicks are going to go to OpenAI instead of the New York Times. I think this one's far, a little far-fetched. I think this one's stretching a bit. Um, but I think it's the it's the most surefire way that if they got a win from this, um, that they could be awarded billions instead of like millions or something. Um, so the complaint essentially accuses um, OpenAI of pr pretty much just stealing the New York Times journalism and then creating a substitute product that steals its audience. So that's like the, their big claims, like you are stealing our journalism and creating a substitute product. But like, come on, eh. I don't go to the New York Times to read their their articles from like five years ago. Like maybe every once in a while, if there's like an ironic screenshot someone posts about them getting something super wrong, or maybe they got something super right five years ago. Like, that, like that's possible, but like that is, there's no way you can just say that uh, OpenAI is just purely a a substitute product to steal the New York Times's, um, you know, because really the the product of the New York Times should be up to time journalism. It's the same as this podcast, like. People will stop listening to this podcast if I never update it for a year. It's just, and, and OpenAI has a one-year cutoff and for many years had like a, or for a long time, had like multiple-year cutoff period. So I think that that, that claim is pretty, uh, pretty outlandish. There are a bunch of other similar lawsuits that are filed against Google by publishers for essentially, um, you know, they say that they were siphoning off content. Um, from readers and their ad revenue. I think there was like a big uh, controversy around Google and their featured snippets, a, you know, a while back. They used to essentially just like, if you Googled something and they, they found like the the answer in an article, they would just show the blurb from the article at the top of the research results without you having to click to the website. Websites got mad because they're like, hey, we don't get the ad revenue if people aren't coming to our website. Um, and so, yeah, Google had all that. But I don't think that Google ever killed that. So I don't think that anyone like won against Google in that regard. Or maybe it's just a lawsuit that's so long and drawn out, and at which point I don't think we'd get a conclusion on the New York Times anytime soon either. But I think if AI is integrated into search engines, publishers might lose significant web traffic. And that's what they're, well, essentially that's what their claim is that they're saying. Um, so Heather Meeker, who's an advisor on IP Matters, she recently has come out talking about a lot of this. And she was suggesting that these kind of lawsuits might fail as user actions can lead to AI uh, reproducing content um, and it's not actually the AI itself right so that makes a lot of sense it's not like um, OpenAI went and you know created something that just rewrote all the New York Times articles and posted it for people to find instead that would be more like oh man they, they created a competitor based off of the New York Times's content that one it would be more it would be a better argue 
But um, Heather seems to think, you know, that uh, this isn't going to be the lawsuit probably won't win because it's not just open AI that spits these out like unrequested. It's it's people that are that are essentially getting it to reproduce content um, on the platform. And when they do it, it's like, you know, like, tell me about this event and tell me about it in context with that event and this thing and tell me about like how much this and that happened in, in regards to all of this. Right. So when you when you get the whole thing generated, you could have had like five different prompts and maybe a, a little piece of a New York Times uh, article was pulled in. But like you also used lots of other articles and lots of other data points and Wikipedia and all sorts of other bits of information for like some sort of let's say you wrote a report or an article or you wanted a brief on something. And so um, it's kind of hard to say that like, oh, you're just making a, a duplicate of New York Times and ripping them off. And in like in addition to all of that, I think um, it's also a little far fetched because like what is journalism? Every article I read is like uh, as reported by like, you know, routers, they said blah, blah, blah. And then they like go and give their own spiel on something. But like, you know, like everyone is using content from everyone else and sourcing like other news. Like this is very common practice. The New York Times itself, I guarantee is going to be citing sources from other journals as well. So I think it's a little far-fetched. Um, I think it's just, that's just another roadblock that the New York Times is going to have in this regard. So some news outlets, right? We have the Associated Press and Axel Springer. They've made licensing agreements with OpenAI, um, Axel Springer specifically, uh, just recently. And it, it's not ex actually disclosed how much money they're getting paid or if it's like... Um, you know, how if that's like royalties or how it works. We don't know exactly the financial mechanism there. We know that those deals are happening. So I think that this whole issue is by the time OpenAI, like by the time this lawsuit gets resolved, I think OpenAI will probably be in a position to say, okay, we retrained GPT-5, doesn't have anything from the New York Times in it, or any journal or any news organization um, that we didn't have licenses to. We got licenses to these ones and threw all their stuff in there. And now it's going to have like, it's going to source all of those journals. And at the end of the day, I actually think that the news organizations that make these licensing deals with OpenAI are going to come out way ahead. Axel Springer and all of their subsidiaries are going to come out way ahead because they're going to be cited in all ChatGPT responses with a little link probably that you can click to to get to the actual article. And it's just going to boost their traffic. So it's pretty much like the New York Times, I don't think should have been arguing to pull their content out. I think they should have just been arguing to um, be cited, but I guess they didn't like the way that uh, Microsoft's Bing chat co-pilot was citing them because it would be wrong sometimes. But anyways, it's, I don't know, it feels like they might be shooting themselves in the foot if they just try to get themselves pulled out. And if they make such a nuisance by asking for billions of dollars, I think that they're just going to get pulled out and their search traffic is going to go down even more. Because now, um, as people are starting to use uh, ChatGPT more, instead of getting the site, the, the, you know, the source cited back to them, um, it's just going to go to another, another news publisher. So, the New York Times is attempting to reach a licensing agreement with Microsoft and OpenAI, um, or at least they attempted back in April, but it was unsuccessful. So I'm not—I'm assuming they just asked for way too much, or perhaps Microsoft and OpenAI are unreasonable. I'm not sure, but by the way that Mike, OpenAI has, you know, created a, a licensing deal with Axel Springer and you know Business Insider and stuff, I would guess that they're not being too unreasonable. I could be wrong. Who knows? Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this whole. Um, lawsuit continues to shake out, and I'll definitely keep you up to date on everything as it unfolds. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling 
wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Thank you for listening to the AI Chat Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, I'd appreciate it if you rate me wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're looking for an innovative group of AI enthusiasts, make sure you check out our Discord channel and also our Facebook community. It's obviously a lot more interactive than a podcast where we can actually share software tools, prompts that we're using in everyday AI. I'll leave a link for those in the description below. 